huge fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and computers, cause I am a huge fucking nerd. One of a kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a goddamn debate. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I am currently waiting on an interview to give me a call here. And I, I, I'm going to come up with this policy. I'm, I'm going to come up with this policy where if you're a nobody, because I, I think my producer vulture, and it's actually a smart idea. I, I used to do it all the time, that. I would sign up for these booking services. I, I would get some really, really great guests on. And there's a lot of people that maybe is starting a podcast, whatever it may be. They, they want to come on and promote their stuff. Now, it hasn't happened that much, but there have been some of these people that have no called no show. And I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm 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 done doing that. Like I, I seriously am. It's not like you're an A-list or even a B-list celebrity. So why am I gonna give you a second chance that you're gonna no call no show? And I don't want people to think that I am this just big time radio guy that I think I'm a, a big shot. No. But I'm kind of doing you a little bit of a favor to have you on my show to be able to promote your stuff. You know, like I've I've done all of these different podcasts and it might be small podcasts, but I, I've never no called no showed on people. Uh, in, and I just it's unprofessional and it's going to give you, you a bad name. Uh, if you guys want to check out my stuff, go to my website, Tuttle.net. I mean, that was a horrible segue, by the way. Like, I got whiplash going from that one conversation to promoting myself self and being a shill like Joel Osteen or something. But yeah, go to my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. There's a couple of ways you can get a hold of me. Very easy. You can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com, or you can leave me a voicemail. I want to start getting some more voicemails. I... I cannot take phone calls right now. And there's some of those radio guys that think, oh, the, the, the people that use phone calls too much, take too many phone calls, the, the, that's a crutch they're relying on. No, I, 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 I believe the complete opposite when it comes to that. Because if you look at any of the other broadcast mediums, they don't have the balls to take live phone calls. I, I think that's what makes talk radio so great is that we have the balls to take live phone calls all the time. Do, do you think you're going to see like anybody on the local news take live phone calls? No, because they, they're not good on their feet. 
And just because here, I'll give you an example. One one of the best shows that I ever worked on, the the show that I had the most fun on was In Your Face with Drew Garabo. And it was a short show. We only did like an hour, hour and a half every single day. But I swear to God, we would take phone calls, just rapid fire, call after call after call after call. And it was Drew arguing with people. And it was brilliant. It was it was amazing. So what I'm trying to say is I can't take phone calls right now, but you can leave me a voicemail. 407-270-3044. Once again, that is 407-270-3044. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I would like to hear from you because I, I, I want to start giving you guys topics to be able to call in and talk about. Uh, for example, uh, I ended up making about $150 today DJing. And now by DJing, I wasn't mixing or anything. They, they just wanted me to make a playlist of love song. And I think I made a really, really good playlist. But I, I would like to hear from you guys. Uh, what do you think is one of the greatest love songs of all time? What would you have put on the list that I put on there? And I wish I could go over it, but right now I'm actually recording on my phone. So I can't I can't look at that. So what I'm trying to say is I would like to hear from you. 407-270-3044. What type of songs would you have put on a playlist for a wedding? Because that's what I did. I uh, I picked out a playlist, got all the music for this wedding, and then they wanted me to video the whole thing. And I video, videoed it, and then I did a big-time photo shoot. And I got to tell you, my pictures, during this pandemic, I, I've been learning about doing videography and photography. And I got to tell you, I'm not trying to suck my own dick, but, I man, the, the pictures I took today were were pretty goddamn amazing and maybe i'll share some of those uh depending i i i, I want to ask the uh bride and groom if that's okay but i made some money doing that you know like i am making connections with a lot of people producing things you know last year i did naomi bradshaw i i did two videos music videos with Naomi Bradshaw. Now, were they perfect? No, they weren't. But uh, last week I talked about getting my hair cut with uh, Bezo, Colton's friend. Uh, how he makes his money is shooting hip-hop artists in their music videos. And he does really well. And, and the guy thought I did a great job on the videos that I shot. So I'm trying to branch out, uh, doing some producing, doing some creating, doing some writing. Uh, there, there are some businesses that want to hire me to help them out with their social media and stuff. And now it's getting to the point because I don't think you guys realize this right now, but this is the longest period of time since I started in radio that, I, that I've been out of the business. And about three or four months after Bubba fired me through text, and that's not a dig. I just bring that up because that was the first time that that's ever happened to me before I got fired through text. I mean, you would like to be fired in person, but at the very least, you would like to be fired 
audio uh, through audio over the phone. But no, I guess I I guess I didn't mean enough. And I only deserved the text. Hey, before you drive over on I-4 across the state, uh, we're going to go in a different direction. That that was the text that I got. So so what I'm trying to say is I, I don't even know. I, I lost my goddamn place. Should not have hit the vape pen before I got on. But what I'm trying to say is that I'm branching out now. This is the longest amount of time that I have ever been off the radio. And and now I'm getting to the point because, guys, listen, I'm having a great time doing this podcasting stuff. And you want you want to you want me to be honest of what makes me feel comfortable about my decision of doing. This podcast is is Michael Sharkey. Michael Sharkey, uh, who is a big time programmer in terrestrial radio, worked with Cox Media Group, the second biggest broadcasting conglomerate here in the United States. And he even saw the writing on the wall, got out of radio and is now coaching people on podcasts. Go to his website, yourpodcastcoach.com. So that made me feel good about it. And, and I'm seeing I'm seeing the game. I, you know, I, I know I sound like a muscle head working out in, in Venice Beach or something, but that it, it is true. I am seeing the gang. Am I going to be able to survive on this? No, hell no, not 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 at this point. But. You know, the thing that I can say the most about having Vulture as my producer is that the guy is very business savvy. and. And that's something that I've never really, really been good at. I just want to do the content. I, I just want to make people laugh. I want to entertain them. And Vulture has been able to help me where I can do that. And I'm picking up some, I'm picking up some great contacts is what I'm trying to say. And, and I think Vulture is the guy that's going to help me be able to get to that point. And it's going to be great. It's like, I would hope and pray that I'm going to be Vulture's lottery ticket. <laughs> I, 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 I hope that I am. I, I hope that I, this podcast, you know, kind of even gets half of what Joe Rogan is. I'd be happy with that. Give me six figures and I'll call it a day. Not, not like I'm not going to walk away after just one year, but I mean, give me six figures that I'm making a year in podcasting. And I will be happy. I don't. I don't live an extravagant lifestyle. And you know what? I'm even. I'll. I'll split that bitch right down the middle with Vulture. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. Here's. Here's my fifty uh, bands. Vulture. Here's your fifty bands. And we'll go our way. Not go our way, but like, you know, we'll meet up once a year in a parking lot. I mean, we'll do the stereotypical Sopranos thing. It'll be a uh, a, a a black briefcase. I'll open it up and I won't go large denominations because I want the briefcase to look full. Like I'm not going to go with hundos. I'm not going to go with the uh, big face Benjamins. I might go with twenties because I think 50 grand and twenties would fill up a, a pretty good uh, briefcase and we'll meet somewhere in between and we'll do it in a parking lot. And we'll be like, Hey, thanks for doing business. Thanks uh, for uh, helping me get to the top because I'm dumb when it comes to money. I'm dumb when it comes to uh, business stuff. I just know how to do dumb shit 
on the air or on the radio. So it's kind of a, a, a great relationship. It really is. And if I'm just being honest, and I'm sure I'm sure Vulture is listening right now. If this was a uh, same sex relationship, I would definitely be the bottom. Like I would have no problem being the bottom, and Vulture can be the top all day. Uh, even though he's got bad knees right now, I still think he could bring the wood uh, when it comes to stuff like that. I'm just being honest. So, so that's why I'm saying I, I would definitely be the bottom in that relationship if we had to be. Uh, I just hope his knees would be able to keep up with uh, because if, if I'm going to be the bottom, I'm, I'm going to be a complete whore and I'm going to be a slut. Like, I'm going to be like, yo, what's up, Vulture? Top daddy. Top daddy. Are, are you ready, uh, top daddy? Oh, yeah. Must have had a hard day at work. Let me help you out. See, because I would. I, I would be just ravenish. I couldn't get enough of it. So I'm sure I'm making Vulture uh, nervous. And I'm going to go to break because I'm done waiting on this woman that I'm supposed to have an interview with. So going to take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality professionally i'm not in the best position that i've ever been in and hot talk satirizer you would think with everything that's going on a caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an african-american or a minority you're listening to the tuttle daily podcast Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. All right, guys, so... That interview that I was telling you guys about, he is here now. Right now on with me is Brianna. It's Brianna, right? I, I just want to make sure because I, I hate butchering people's name. No, it's fine. Everybody calls me Bri, but Brianna's Brie. Like a really nicer sounding version of Brianna. So that's fine. All right. I'm going to call you Bri. Now, Bri, I, I got to ask you, I was, I was, you know, I'll admit I was kind of stalking you a little bit on on social media. Um. Got a lot of tattoos there. And I, I got to tell you, you know, sometimes women overdo it with the tattoos, but like your tattoos are are pretty, pretty damn cool. Thanks. Yeah, I've been I mean, I love tattoos. I'll probably overdo it. So that will happen. But yeah, I definitely now, don't you. You have one like right in your cleavage there, right? Don't you? Yeah, I, I, think. I have a diamond right here. Yeah. What means you go with the diamond in the in the cleavage area there? Honestly, I was like 18 and had just had my daughter who was like a month old and I was like pretty high on a lot of drugs because I got back on drugs. Oh, I'm recovering. So, 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 so what, what, what kind of, (laughs) what was your, what was your drug of choice there? 
Um, it was pills for quite a long time, and then it escalated to heroin after that. Oh, so like, were your pills? Were I mean, are we talking the uh, the oxy? Because I'm in Florida, and we get a lot of the uh, the oxys here. You know, the uh, the oxys are the big thing uh, down here in Florida. It was just any opiate. I mean, they all kind of do the same thing effect wise. So it was kind of yeah, but those hands on opanas probably were our, our thing up here. Mm. But those hydrocodones aren't shit, though, like for the, the people that are really <laughs> in them, because they, they put that uh, that instead of minifin in it and stuff. And it's like, ugh, I've always found that to be kind of weird that they would add that type of stuff to the pain pills. Like, you know, because if you take too much of that stuff, it's supposed to be bad for your liver and kidneys and stuff. And I, I just I never understood that. So let's stop talking about the depressing stuff. Uh, Brie. <laughs> Bree, tell talk a little bit about the content uh, that you have going on because you know people that want to come on my show want to talk about the stuff that they're doing, and and I'm very interested in in the stuff that you're doing. So I run a channel that's on YouTube and Facebook. It's called Breaking Chains, the Whitney Project. I am in recovery. I've been clean for four and a half years. My sister passed away two years into my recovery and a year into her own. Did that? And- did that? Uh, did that? cause you to relapse at all uh because i'm sure that it wouldn't make me do that like because i'm i'm a year and a half uh with no boot booze was hey. my, um awesome. and and i gotta tell you it, it it was tough but the marijuana helped me stop drinking and I know a lot of people, they get they get really upset because a lot of people want to call me out and say, oh, you're not really sober because you still smoke weed. And and I'm like, yeah, but I'm not drinking. What what What's your feelings on that? I mean, I cannot tell you what works for you. I am totally OK with whatever works. Oh, it's it, it's it's not about what works for me. I'm asking your opinion, like, you know, okay, because my, I, I think it's natural. I mean, I don't have yes. I don't personally smoke pot, but yeah. I see a lot of people that do and it works for them. And honestly, we have it. We give it healthcare. I'm a nurse. We give it all mm. the time in a pill and it seems to help them with pain. I see a lot of addicts that have actually gotten off heroin or other hard drugs, you know, using marijuana. So okay, personally, so- I don't think it's horrible, but some people are really bad addicts that when they smoke weed, it's not enough, and then they go out. So oh, Okay, but, but, but I mean, hear, hear me out on this, okay? So, like, you, you work in the medical industry, okay? And, and I think that the pharmaceutical companies are a lot to blame. Now, people are responsible for what they're putting in their own body, okay? But but what I'm trying to say is that the reason why we've not gotten legal, like I think marijuana, I think anything that comes out of the ground, like mushrooms or or if you don't have to process it, if it if it comes out natural, I say have at it, okay? But the pharmaceutical companies don't want that because they want to push the very addictive pain medication on people. Do you realize that that weed has so many benefits to pain pain uh, medication? Like, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, so does CBD. I mean, if you're somebody who doesn't like the mental effects of weed, you can go and get CBD. 
And there are amazing benefits to CBD. I mean, it does help. At one point I had like that vapable CBD and mm-hmm. it, you know, makes you tired, gives you a little bit of a body buzz, but it doesn't make you high. So it's like, you feel good, you go to bed. I mean, does it work for a thousand things for me? I don't have a thousand, thousand, a thousand things wrong with me. So yeah. for me, it made me go to sleep. But for other people, it works for joint pain. It works for headaches. It works for so many things. And I anxiety, do PTSD. I, I interviewed, right. I interviewed, uh, I've been talking to more and more uh, military veterans that suffer through PTSD that they can't, they can't, they can't smoke cannabis or, or any of that stuff. And, and I yeah. think that stuff is way better for you than, than these pharmaceuticals. Yep. They drug test them. They go, Oh, if you fail for pot, then you can't get your pain meds and they hold them hostage that way because obviously they're going to withdraw if they mm. come off the meds. And here's the thing, like these pharmaceutical companies, they take natural things like kratom or marijuana or whatever, and they patent it. And they say it's bad and they put out all these things and push these, you know, let's make it illegal. Let's schedule it. And then they take it and they reform Um, it. They they have the cure for addiction and synthetic so they can make their own money. I mean, alcohol and cigarettes have have killed maybe a hundred times more than any that marijuana that's ever done. So I don't want people to think I'm getting into the being the stoner show. But, um, you know, I've (laughs) I've I've dealt with addiction. And everybody all talks about their bottom, their rock bottom. You got to hit rock bottom before you want to make a change for yourself. What what was yours? Like, was there that eye-opening moment that, like, made you say, all right, I got to make a change? I mean, I guess my first real bottom. So I went to a treatment center in Florida, and I was basically— One of the like, worst places you could go because drugs are so yeah. easy to score here in Florida. Well, the biggest thing with Florida is the Florida shuffle. I got thrown in and I was trafficked through the rehab system and they will basically use you because like, say you have insurance, you're under your parents. If you're under the age of 26, usually yeah, private yep. parents, right? my, buddy Colton, my, bu- my buddy Colton, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, he grew up with a, a heart defect. Okay. Um, and there was one last surgery he had to get done before he was going to be completely okay. And, you know, he was 25. He was about to get in at, in that range where he wasn't going to be covered by his parents' insurance anymore. And they wouldn't do the, they would not get the surgery done before the insurance ran out. And that's, that's another racket that I could talk about for hours. I know that's a big thing. That's huge. And there's no, policies you know something happens with this whole rehab thing and the epidemic started and we had so many people with problems that there were no limitations to the way they build insurances so you know four or five years ago when this happened it was like a free-for-all in florida now this is happening in like california but back at this moment in time florida was like the you know recovery capital of the world but also the rehab shuffle of the world so they would Mm -hmm. take you you know basically sexually assault you if you were unlucky you know if you were lucky you would get uh, nice and they would pay you to relapse send you to a treatment center then send you, you to another detox then another then another then mm-hmm. another they would hold your stuff over your head they would say they were going to pay you in money and then never pay yeah. you it was it's a sick and disgusting um you, you know method of making money because we are a profit to them we're basically like slaves like our insurance oh, yeah. is written on our face mm-hmm. you know they don't care about us they care mm-hmm. about the kickbacks 
Now, so. you know, you know that I was um, I was in a mental institution for about 10 days. And and um, that leads me to my next question, because I was around a lot of people that were dealing with mental illness. And, and it made me realize that there is a little bit of a connection between mental illness and addiction, because people that are dealing with mental illness self-medicate. They, they get on things because they are in so much pain. Uh, not not physical pain, but they just want to escape the everyday just conundrum of things. Have you, have you noticed that at all? Like, is there any correlation at all there? Oh my God. That's like the biggest correlation. There are so many people who had a diagnosis that was starting in their early teens when they went through puberty and they immediately began using. So they covered it up for such a long time due to trauma or whatever was going on in their life. Maybe they were just coming into their diagnosis and didn't know how to handle it. And then life goes on, they get clean and they have this like shiny new diagnosis and they don't want to believe it. But in reality, they've had it all along. And yeah. a lot of other people, they get on meds, they feel like they're better. Then they go get off their meds, think they don't need them. And then they're back on drugs and they do this the, over and over and over again. I, um, you know, like I, uh, I, the only thing I really had a problem with was the alcohol. But I will admit, like, if I was hanging out with some people, like, I, I, I didn't actively search it. But, like, if somebody did have a uh, just a random drug, say ecstasy or 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 an oxy or something, and they offered to me, I was going to take it. Like, like I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go out and search for it. Like, I needed it. But, but what I'm trying to say is, you know, the hardest thing that I've ever had to get off of was because I was on the mood stabilizing drugs. I'm uh, I'm bipolar, manic, depressive with OCD problems, ADHD and getting the only medication I I'm on a small dosha, dosage of Adderall right now. And I'm still, you know, I'm working my way off of that. But getting off of the mood stabilizing drugs was one of the worst withdrawals that I've ever gone through in my life. It, it was it was horrible. Yeah. They all have side effects. And that's the thing. When we think of withdrawals, like we think of opiates, you know what I mean? We always think of like those harder drugs that people have you ever seen a true alcoholic. Have you ever seen a true, true alcoholic? Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, one, I mean, they say they and maybe and correct me if I'm wrong here. Like they say one of the worst withdrawals is getting off of the benzos, like the Xanax and stuff alcohol or, and benzos. or alcohol. You know, because you could die, like physically die from the withdrawals. That if you have a heroin addiction and you come into a hospital and you're like, hey, I need treatment and you don't have benzos in your system or alcohol, they will probably send you out. Why is that? Because they have a certain amount of bed. And if the alcoholic could die and the benzo addict could die and they get paid more for those people because they are a higher risk. For assessment and triage so you become the person that loses the bet so people have to lie and actually drink or literally take benzos to get in and then say that yeah. they're addicted to them when they're not so therefore they get more meds mm -hmm. while they're in there just so they could get in and then they walk out being addicted to benzo my dad my dad always said you know and and i kind of looked into this he said like if you ever got really really sick in the hospital or you didn't have insurance he said just go rob a bank or something like don't don't physically hurt anybody. But 
just get thrown into prison because they say the the healthcare is amazing in the prison system. Like they 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 take care of you pretty well there. Um, really? Yeah, no, like yeah, they gotta take care of you. Like for real, they right. like they're not ju- they're not just gonna let their let you sit there and die. But Bree, I I I, I want to get in. So so let's talk about your show, okay? Um, do you offer advice? Because like you said. What worked for some people doesn't work for other. Uh, do you have guests on? Do you do you share personal stories? Uh, give me an idea of some of the things you do on your show. So I started with interviews. That was the you know main concept. My sister had passed away, and I wanted to share you know recovery stories as to how other people got clean, and maybe people that didn't even go to meetings because I go to twelve step meetings. You know, I don't go constantly, but I wait how. Can can I can I get into that because I I've I've dealt yeah. with mental illness okay, um, I I've I've dealt with childhood trauma I've dealt with all types of stuff and I've always stayed away from those meetings and stuff because I feel like I'm just gonna get depressed hearing other people's like. I, and I'm not trying to be insensitive bullshit and stuff. It's like oh, I have my own problems. I have my own problems. I don't need to hear your problems. You're going to you if you've been to any, you need to go to the right ones because the right ones are not like that at all. Is there any hooking up? And, you know, that's another thing they always say, you know, like, you know, like people will like start relationships, maybe even sometimes physical relationships with other people in AA. Have you have you seen that? Oh, yeah, that's huge. That's like probably it's always the new people. The new is that a codependency though? Is it is that almost yeah. like you know kind of like you know almost like a drug? Like you, yeah. you see what I'm saying? They can't like, get high anymore, and they want to have sex because they can't get high, and their dopamine is so low that they'll do anything to feel good. So now, they immediately want love and affection, and you know they. Crave but is it, it real love though? I mean, is it no. just gonna like hurt in the long run? Is it gonna be like? You know, like it, it's good now, but, you know, in the yeah, long run, know, it's, it's going to be bad. Nine out of ten times, I would say it falls apart. Yeah. We're looking uh, at most people relapse because they got in a relationship in rehab or in the meetings. And then they either one relapses and the other one just goes off and then does two or the other one, they break up and the other one dies or overdoses. It's a mess. It is. Have you ever. Have you, have you ever had a hookup with somebody that you you met in a meeting? Yeah, um, definitely a couple. And my a couple, my aunt, a couple, yeah, like a couple. You, <laughs> oh, I hope not well, at the same time. No, okay, all right, okay, all right. When I first was in rehab, like I met my ex through a rehab center. Like he was in a older person's rehab and he was the youngest mm. person there and he was in his 30s and i was in like the younger group so like we would oh, see each other yeah meetings. he was he was a pred not 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 like a predator like child no, predator, he was a predator. He, he's like a borderline psychopath so that's fine no, oh yeah he saw you he was like he's like look at this young gazelle on the plane <laughs> right, right now right. and 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 he was the cheetah just like laying back he's like yep this is her first time this is her yep. first time going, trying to get, get off the drugs. And, and, and this is going to be an easy prey here. And, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be no, offensive it was. I mean, or anything. That was that hard. I had a lot of guys talk to me, but like, for some reason, I actually like, I mean, I you're attractive. I really liked him. But you're an attractive woman though. So I can tell you, like, if you, if I saw you 
at a meeting, I'd be like, hell yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to go talk to her. I'd be like, hey, do you want to be my sponsor? <laughs> that happens a lot. Um, oh, I'm sure that I, I'm sure that thirsty. The thirsty guys of all got to be, you got to be the first one that gets that. Hey, can you, can you be my sponsor? It's always something like, can you give me rides? Can you do, you know, it's always something. And that's like yeah. where it's hard because I try to help people, but there is a very firm line there at this point in my life. Like I am with somebody, I have a boyfriend and then he is in recovery too. So yes, I have another one, but oh, okay, but. I- I did not meet in meetings, so. Okay, but but I want to I want to ask you about this, and and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my producer send you a link. Um, the the thing that helped me understand addiction, and I know this is gonna sound really really stupid. I, I, how old are you, by the way, Bree? I know you shouldn't ask a woman her age, but I just want to oh. kind of get an idea. Yes, you can guess. That's fine. Uh, I would say thirty two, thirty three. Aw, that's really old. I'm 25. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I right. am actually 18, and look at how old I look right now. Like you're talking to a teenager you're, right now. You're 18. No, not really. I was just I was wow. trying to make a joke. Oh, I was trying to make a joke that my I look rough because of the, all the drugs and alcohol and stuff. <laughs> that would that would be great. Like I'm the first teenager. But what I'm trying to say is. Uh, the Dick Cavett show. That's the only reason why I asked uh, your age. Okay. Um, Dick Cavett had Dick Van Dyke on. Do I hope you know who Dick Van Dyke? No. Did I lie? I mean, no. I no, don't. just tell me the truth because it's going to be funny. No, I, I don't know who that is at all. Okay, Dick Van Dyke. What Dick Van Dyke show? Anyways, I'll send you a link to it. He was a raging alcoholic. Okay. Um, and he talked about how drugs not only change you physically they they change your brain chemistry um and yeah. and how other alcoholics tend to gravitate to other alcoholics because that's your brain saying hey if you hang out with that person they think like they are, you. they're not they're just like you and they're not gonna judge you whenever right. you want to have a drink is that true like i mean it, it you know like i think it's the- subconscious it's like, but yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like we feel the frequencies. We literally can walk in a restaurant and talk to the one person that's an alcoholic or an addict within two seconds. Does like it we bother have like you? Six cents. Does it bother you to be around drugs right now? Like, for example, I was an alcoholic, but it does not bother me to be around be alcohol. I mean, I work in healthcare and I pass meds. That's what I like. Do. Have, have you ever been tempted though? Like, you yeah. know, I, I remember Nurse started. Jackie, that that Nurse Jackie yeah. show. No, I was never Nurse Jackie. But when I first started, I got my license the same day that my sister died, and I had been fighting the state. I actually had thirty-two charges at one point and stole fifty thousand dollars. Wait, so in jail. so can I can I can I stop you for a minute? Like, yeah. I I and 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 the reason that I thought you were in your thirties is like you being a, a well-established nurse and stuff, like. You know, like, how did you right. get to where you are at, at such an age dealing with the issues that you've had? I hope you know that's the reason why I, I said. No, like, I know. No, I, did, I was just messing with you. It okay. happens a lot. It's, it's for the same reason that you did. But um, I mean, I guess I just so I was like really in a bad situation. I was looking at a lot of time and but people don't think drug addicts are motivated, though. 
Like, no, they don't. And that's why, like, I have, I was a straight A student. I did good towards the end. I started to fail because I was using, I was skipping school and I still passed while skipping a grade. So I was always smart. And had did you ever do the school. Adderall? Did you um, like uh, for studying my, and stuff? Well, my, I dated a guy that was on Adderall for years and See, I I'm did more of an upper years. guy. Like I, 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 I was always downers. I don't mind uppers, but I was never really into those. It was always like downers. I want to go to bed. I want to be out. Like I always wanted to be knocked the fuck out. All right. So let me, let me ask you, did, uh, all right. So you, you did say you were on heroin, correct? Like, yes. At one point, did you, have you ever watched the movie train spotting? Yes. Okay. So, okay. So, so the reason that I bring that up, like, um, Danny Boyle, who is the director of that movie, um, a lot of people gave um, a hard time for kind of glorifying it a little bit. But like he also gave you some of those very, very like rough scenes to watch, like the death of the baby. Yes, that was not um, hard. It was horrible. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you, though. So so well, try to try try to explain to the person that's never done hard drugs like the feeling like how would you describe the heroin like you know shooting it because i mean it's it's a different step were you shooting or were you snorting yeah. like I okay shooting. so you were shooting yeah now, shooting. now you would have to admit like that's that's taking it to a whole nother level when you're willing to inject yourself now yeah. People inject themselves because it's a straight rush, right? Like uh, yes. I always say, that there's no waiting on the runway. It's like you're you're yeah, just right there. so so so. Walk me through, okay? So uh, walk me through this with the heroin. And if you if the if you don't feel comfortable discussing, oh, I'm fine. I'll talk about anything. I'm good. Okay, with so so like walk me through this. Like you you get the drugs. So what's what's the process like? Or you know I to, mean at my worst, it was more or less like I would have to meet up with a guy, tell him I needed him to cash check or something for me because my person I worked for wouldn't do it for me. They would cash it, it'd be bad. I would get the money and then it would bounce like six days later. I, I, so this I is hope like I, I hope I'm not going to offend you with this question, and and I'm not saying, no, but you're not. no, I was never. Have you ever had sex for drugs? Is what I'm trying to ask. Like, did it ever get that bad? No, it didn't. I had a boyfriend the whole time. Okay, so I, I and and like I said, I could have yes, but no, I did. All right, I, and like I said, I I hope I didn't offend you, but I just no, you know, I knew you, I knew what you were going to ask. I knew exactly what you were going to ask because you were talking about uh, bounce yeah. checks and and people yeah. don't realize how addiction is and it gets so bad you do desperate shit to to you don't to have to write bad checks if you're sleeping with guys though like the thing was was i would kind of flirt with them to give them maybe the idea that i would hang out with them or something oh like okay see now i gotta give you yeah. credit on that one like if you can if you can if you can if you can work it without having to follow through like then i right. give you all the well, credit in the world Exactly. That was the point. And I had a guy that I was was actually my brother in law that I was seeing. That's a mess. Um, but he was like a friend in our little circle and he had a loan shark that we owed money to. So like we would go in and rob guys and he would tell them that he was Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Hold hey, wait, 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 back up here. Okay. So like you would you would be like the bait, like kind of like you know, uh, uh, back back up here. So you're you're talking robbing. So like, what what was your role to be played? Like, you were the setup person. Like, you were yeah. the inside person. I would talk to a guy that had money that thought I was cute. You know, I would tell him I was in this horrible position. I needed money. 
he would come with me when I would walk in the house, you know, that guy would expect to hang out with me and see me, uh, right? You know, if I'm going to yeah. give you this money, I expect to see you. And he would walk in after me and go, what are you doing in here? And then he would threaten the guy and I would run to the bathroom and say I was sick. Oh my God, I feel horrible. I need to go to the bathroom. And then like, oh, and then he would take care of it. Yep. And then I, so did it ever get physical? Like were there guns, weapons, anything like that involved? Or was it more intimidation? It was with him. It was more intimidation. Really didn't need. He had weapons like he'd actually robbed a federal gun reserve and crossed state lines and was looking at 30 years in prison. And Jesus Christ. Yeah, he almighty. He passed away. But hey, let me yeah. let me ask you fentanyl. You know, that's that's really big right here in the state of Florida. And my one of my friends that I know, he's actually had some people that he knew from high school that have died from fentanyl because they're mixing fentanyl in with the the heroin and stuff down here now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is that a big problem up in New York where you're at right now? Or is it? Not? Yeah, it's everywhere. There is no escaping fentanyl. Like our fentanyl rate is about, we'd say like 85%. Your guys is actually a lot lower than ours. We have the best I mean, they call it the best heroin around because it's strong, <laughs> because it's fentanyl. And but why, why are they cutting it with that, though? Why? Why, though? I, I just It's cheap. Think about it. You buy it online. You can get basically fentanyl online, like some weird Chinese version off the dark net, enough to kill like a whole population of a town for like $1,000. So at, your, at your highest, before you got on, on heroin, you were taking pills, like give me like a really really bad day like how many pills because the last show that i was on like kurt angle he's a wrestler and i i forget but it was like i think in the triple digits of how many pain pills he was mashing a day like what what was what were you uh up to probably i would say personally if it was like the tens like the vicodins maybe like 40 what about the perks you know? i mean so yeah, you were on the perks 40. yeah if it was Opana's, it was like 10, 20. There were days where we just ran through them. Like, we didn't even count. They just kept going. Now, do you do you like when you're talking pain pills, are you going instant or do you like the, the time release stuff? Because, you know, a lot of people with the oxys, you know, they put that coating on them. Uh, Honestly, so you can't. It's you... been so long. I don't really remember all the things surrounding pills because I haven't been on pills now and probably like eight years i well, just remember for you. we would always get like whatever was around because everybody had these scripts and then they cracked down on the pill mills in florida so then they yeah. cracked down on us and we couldn't get them anymore so we kind of just yeah. got what we could get and that's how we ended up on heroin because we couldn't get pills anymore. yeah because it's cheaper though too right i mean heroin is yeah. kind of a little bit more economically affordable it is at first until you're doing it more than a week and then suddenly you're doing 50 bags a day how, how, how quick uh, how quick is the tolerance build up on on heroin like i'd say like i went from doing a half a bag a day to i think a week or two later at least like 10 a day Ooh, man goes, i was snorting them at first so like if you know what i mean it goes up quick because you're snorting them but then I, I it's not that i wanted to shoot it but my ex was shooting mm-hmm. it and i was getting pissed because i kept telling him like we're not junkies you can't shoot that like you're gonna die and he kept lying and saying he wasn't and i was like all right well then shoot me up i'm like if you really fucking don't care anymore then do it and he's like all right if you want to try it you'll like it and then i did it mm-hmm. and i was like hey Whatever. 
Bree, I was I was looking at your Facebook page, and we we have a uh, familiar friend. How do you know Matt Major? Like he, he, yeah, he he's up in the like Syracuse area. Like he, I was looking at common friends. Uh, maybe maybe yeah, you yeah. just guys randomly followed each other. But I he's have in like the thousands area. of people on here, so it's hard. Oh yes, I mean but, you got a great interesting story. So Bree, uh, but before I let you go, and I I do want to have you on again because I could okay. I could talk I could talk about this stuff with you, and I I I think a lot of people need help. The stuff that needs to be talked about. People don't want to talk about this stuff, just like they don't want to talk about mental illness. I know. You know That's a big thing, too. Tell people how they can check out uh, your website, content, podcast, whatever it may be. Uh, you have the floor. So I have a YouTube channel. It's called Breaking Chain Semicolon, The Whitney Project. The semicolon mm. is not written out. And also the same page is on Facebook where I do interviews. I do lives. If you need help getting into a free local treatment center that is ethical, I do this for free. So I hook people up with meetings, you know, clinics, resources, whatever you need. We do online meetings every night from pain to purpose. And they're not like AA or NA. They're just like recovery. Yeah. So we do these all the time. And I do public speaking. I speak around the country. I was actually. I could see you doing a TED talk. I, I think you would be good at like a TED talk. I think I'll get on there. I mean, I almost got on Dr. Phil, so I'll get on TED talk. Nah, no TED talk. Yeah, Dr. Phil's a joke. So I know he's he's he's. Dr. Um, but, Before I let yeah. you go, um, you being a nurse, I, I want to thank you for for all the work, especially during this pandemic right now. Um, can you give me a little bit of an idea? Like, is it as bad? Because you you hear nurses, you hear other people talking all the time. Like, what what has your experience been with COVID nineteen right now? I don't think it's that bad. My boyfriend got it and he was fine. He was sick for about four hours and then it was over. But we you also, but you also got to admit, like the people that that were saying all about, oh, it's it's just the flu. You know, I don't, like, I don't think it's just a flu. I think that if you have an autoimmune issue or you have, you know, any type of maybe blood type that is not resistant to it, then you are going to have more issues than other people. If you're older or you're a baby, you know, those types of people that have different immune systems from the rest of the population. If you are a healthy individual, probably between the ages of, you know, say like five and we'll go like 50 then reasonably, it's not going to be horrid for you. But there are cases of people that do get it really bad. There are people who have, had, who have died. But I personally has not seen one person die. No one in the elderly homes has died. I think we've had maybe like five or 10 get sick. And they don't get tremendously ill here. So I don't know if we just have a lighter strain. But so far, I kind of in that I'm in that middle ground of, you know, be careful, wash your hands, make sure if you come in contact with someone that has it, that you tell everyone, you know, you want to alert people because would you want them to be sick with anything? No. So that's my thing with it. I mean, we have to gear up and wear all these things. But at the end of the day, I think there is a lot of money schemes that go into that as well, because we see people labeling COVID on patients that don't have it. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by... 
stitchyouup.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Got a great guest on the line with me right now. My producer, Vulture, has been absolutely killing it, getting me guests. But on the line with me right now is Francis Warren. Hey, what are you up to, buddy? And where are you calling from? Because I love accents. So I am calling from across the pond in York, the north of England. Um, Do you know I'm a big Anglophile? Like, I, 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 I love everything about the British culture. I'm a humongous football fan. Who do you support? I'm actually not. Uh, oh, you're not a soccer fan. Oh, no, okay. uh, the, the 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 rioting and uh, and violence that goes with um, our our sport is uh, is not the best. I'm more of a rugby guy than a football guy. Uh, who do you support rugby wise? Um, so uh, if I, it's a, it's a, it's an unknown team. So it's called the Wasps. The team in Ely, which is in uh, sort of the the southeast. Um, and I also support the women's rugby team for oh, York as well, kidding. because one of my colleagues uh, plays for it um, and you wouldn't mess with her for love nor money. Yeah, um, no kidding. But Francis, so tell me a little bit about your podcast, your content, whatever you have out there right now, because, you know, like I could promote it, but I like to let my guests talk about it because it's their thing. Mm. It's their thing that they're passionate about. So you have the floor tell people how they can check out your content marvelous so i i'll start off giving a little brief overview so um it's it's a purgatory is a a different podcast than what you would expect from podcasts where it's either sort of one person talking about a discussory uh topic now why purgatory why purgatory everybody thinks purgatory is a place that you go it's not not heaven it's not hell why purgatory so the story is about what happens to you as a teenager it's a fiction podcast it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's an audio drama mm-hmm. um and it's about uh what happens to you as a teenager and how it shapes you as an adult in your adult identity and all the characters are still stuck with past teenage trauma okay. and okay yeah sure. see I, I i was about to interrupt you because i've been doing a lot of interviews um and you know like people when they get older they're wondering why they do certain things why they're self-destructive why they are the way that they are mm. and 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 i don't think people take uh, into account what childhood trauma does to a person and shapes them in the future i'm i mean i'm a victim of trauma in my younger years and and i'm not making excuses about things that i do now but it kind of makes sense of why i do the things that i do do mm, exactly and I, th- I think that's kind of we wanted to make it universal we didn't want it to make one person sort of struggling with their past all the characters are in some 
way, shape, or form, and they're and they're they're they're, they're different, and not necessarily trauma, but um, uh, the, the, I I always like to when when I write um, uh, a script, I like to start off with a theme, and I build outwards from the theme because I feel with a with a, with any sort of piece of fiction, be it a film, be it a piece of stand up, mm -hmm. if if you if you don't have a theme or people can't identify with the theme, then it becomes uh, it's really difficult to engage with. So the but theme... let me let me let me ask you though, Francis. So, like, I mean, um, a lot of people live sheltered lives. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have to be careful of smacking people in the face with reality at some point? You know, because there's a lot of people that don't deal with things that other people have to deal with growing up. You know. Mm -hmm. for, it's class related racial related absolutely you know like i mean do you got to be careful about some of that stuff because like you know when i when i approach my podcasts and radio and stuff i mean there's certain news stories you just got to talk about but mm -hmm. i also like to do the type of radio that gets people uh their minds off of their problems is that something you you worry about um i think it's I, I agree with you. I think um, if you can, I mean, uh, you know, the, the the show itself, it's not like de depressing from start to finish. It covers some serious topics. We cover things. And I wasn't saying that it was. It's just that people don't like, you know, a lot of people are into the news, you know, that saying if it, le if it bleeds, it leads, you know. Absolutely. But there's just some people that just, that, that, there's just some people that don't like to deal with that type of stuff. They, they no. just like to act like it doesn't exist and i think that's that's also how we kind of keep ourselves sane because i think we uh one of the things i was i was sort of writing about and um in the show is sometimes the lies we tell ourselves to 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 explain away some of our abnormal behaviors um and give me an example so um uh so it, one of the big storylines is a guy uh thinks that when he was a teenager that the love of his life ended up going out with his best friend who they are now married to each other and he is he is left alone um mm -hmm. and um uh he uh, the character's called peter and um he throughout the series does more and more um extreme borderline um intrusive things to try and impress this one girl imogen uh with it never being reciprocated and mm. uh, he's got this idea in his head that, that you know he, he was in a romantic comedy and it is fate and and he is the main character in his own film and and it has to work out because that's that's what he's seen um and because he thinks he's the main character absolutely he, he he thinks he's sort of the centerpiece of it and not in an arrogant way um just in a very naive way but 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 i but but we've all done that i know that i've done that oh me know? too like, that's how i, I got like, the inspiration no, because, no 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 because i've always had this thought like you know we live in our own reality you know like we think that nothing else exists inside or outside of the things we can't see or hear or feel did mm. you, you get what i'm saying like like nothing else is going on uh, our the only thing that's going on in the world is our reality if, if that makes sense mm. and i think it's 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 sometimes the beauty of storytelling is you can maybe get somebody out of their own headspace in a in a really safe way 
um, where they can wake up and experience something outside of themselves. Um, they may not necessarily um, have have experienced in real life, but but can um, live vicariously into a storyline. Um, what is that? What is the audience you're going for? Like like who are the people that you're trying to touch? Who are the people you're trying to reach? I think to be honest, at the moment, it's kind of anyone. I I have I through throughout. Um, making recording this because the whole thing was done during lockdown and 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 all the whole and no one's left their homes. We've all done it completely remotely. From it's kind of bad right now in in the UK too. I don't think a lot of people actually realize. Well, yeah, I have a job. It's I I I also uh, work as an ICU nurse. That's my day job. Oh, you um, do. So I I get the. Well, uh, thank you for thank you for your frontline service. Thank you. Well, it's 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 me and lots lots of other people. Um, who are um who are absolute I mean, you know I've, I've nurses have given up their 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 holidays their their annual leave they've you know worked mm-hmm. 20 30 40 hours over contract it's um there, there's a lot of people working absolutely and, diligently um, and, and and I know we're getting kind I I know we're getting kind of off track here but I I'm kind of interested because you know, I went to the, the United Kingdom on a, on a couple of occasions to, mm. to see a, a bunch of football matches. I went up there mm. because I'm a big Manchester United supporter, went up to Manchester. Okay. Uh, I went to Wales, uh, spent a lot of time in London. I, I tried to get the whole show. And plus, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So no, I went to Wales. I went to Wales to see a lot of the filming locations. Yep. Um. And I don't think people realize that the British culture are very, it's a very social culture, you know, like people like to get together with their mates. They like to, they like to get, you know, be with their, their, their friends, you know, mm. camaraderie and stuff. Absolutely. Um, and, and how has it, has it been hard like adjusting for people? Cause I know a lot of people are just going out and doing it anyway. Oh well, yeah. Um, I mean, I know with um, with I with my cast, um, it's a, a lot of them have said it's been the thing that's kept their sanity going making this because the arts industry was was obviously very affected with lockdown because public spaces you know were shut down and you couldn't go to concerts or or, or plays or you know and 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 the arts were 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 really really struggling and so lots and lots of actors were out of work because you just couldn't do anything um and then so finding this but way you to guys do... also rely but you guys also rely see i'm in florida okay we rely on a lot of tourism mm, and I, yeah, yeah. I think the london i think the london area probably does the economy relies a lot on tourism or does it or well or where i, where I live definitely that? does I, I live in york and it's its main source of income um, is is tourism um, uh, because of its historical significance? Uh, we get a lot of Americans come to York because uh, it's old York. But give uh, me where... an idea where York is. Okay, so London is. So if you take like if you take Manchester, so okay, uh-huh. remember Manchester, and you go about maybe, and I'm going to my geography's going to uh, kick me now. Probably about uh, 50, 50, 60 miles east of Manchester mm-hmm. would be would be what? where where your kids bit 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 further north why do the english like always 
I'm not saying it's hate, but they always like to make jokes at the expense of the Welsh. What 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 is that all about? Like, you know, like I I I I've I've noticed that. Why why do the English I, you know, kind of like to make jokes at the expense uh, expense of the Welsh. So if you if you look at um uh, uh history before the United Kingdom was formed, um uh, there were three separate countries. There was Wales, Scotland, and England, and we were constantly at war with each other. Um, and um, so, um, and and there are there there are so many rivalries in such a small country. There are so many rivalries. You've got you know, in, in where I live, York. You've got York versus. Well, I'm a Lang- big Ryan huh? Giggs fan. I'm a big Ryan Giggs fan. So that's that's you know my favorite Welshman. Trying to think, like uh, Ryan Giggs is from Manchester United, so. You've got. Have you heard of Rod Gilbert, the comedian? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Um, uh, he does and... the small man in the box thing, or no? Or oh, that's that Rob Brydon. Rob yeah, Bryden. Rob Brydon. Yeah, yeah, Brydon. Yeah, because genius. I was a big, I was a big fan of uh, Gavin and Stacey. You know, I was going to say uh, that was my next one to to say that's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Um, yeah. It's uh, unashamedly happy, which is very. What do, um, what do, what do, what do you guys think of James Corden being, you know, di- I mean, do people hate him because he's like, you can keep him. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I thought James Corden was great on Gavin and Stacey. He was. Um, I mean, it's, it's just such a difficult thing. Um, like, um, and I think maybe the issue with James Corden is, is the difference we have between American comedy and English comedy. Um, so, um, I've noticed it here. Get, get, let me, let me ask you. Okay. See what I like about the British humor is that, see, because I, I worked in radio and I like uncomfortable situations. Like one of my favorite shows, um, did you ever watch the British show in the thick of it? Yes. Um, yeah. With, um, uh, Peter Capaldi that played Dr. Who, that show, like, there would be so many uncomfortable moments in that show. And that's what I noticed about British humor. I was just like, yes, they love, you know, um, Ricky Gervais and the original Office. Some of the mm. stuff that they would do would be so uncomfortable. I think it's, it's we don't like people succeeding because um, we don't believe it. Um, and, 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 and we just get annoyed. And I think mm. there's a lot of American comedy where everyone's kind of rewarded and succeeds and they're living the best life. Um, and, um, I think in, in the UK, our, our humor comes out of, out of sort of collective suffering. Um, and, and we find that a part of that whole keep calm, carry on thing, you know, well, no matter yeah, what, I think it's just, we going. just kind of make jokes about it and 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 move on um and uh like i i you know all the um like so so as as an example of a very sort of uk joke or an english type of joke or something that that may not translate as well um in in other countries um now so i played the show to my uncle um and um i asked him to to give his honest feedback and um you know he knew that lots of hard work went into it and he said, I tried listening to it, but I hated everybody and I just wanted them all to go away. Mm. Uh, no, I Fran- burst out laughing at that um, because <laughs> of 
you know, um, the situation and what, what would be expected. And, you know, I was happy you listened. I mean, it's probably not the best thing why I'm promoting a show to tell her that my uncle doesn't like it, wants everybody to so, go away. So, 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 Francis, in closing, because I, I've enjoyed this conversation and I, I want to have you on again more often. All right. So two questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, the first being, I was reading a story. Pierce Morgan might run for prime minister. And number two, I want to talk about your podcast, uh, sure. uh, Purgator, the Purgatory Podcast. Absolutely. And, and, and then I want to have you on again. But first, let's start with the Pierce Morgan thing. Is, I have it, not read this. Is it just a, just a bunch of talk? Um, oh, actually, this is, the, this is the first time I've heard of it. I mean, everyone's saying they're running for parliament at the moment. And I mean, uh, he would be like the Donald Trump, right? Like, I mean, Donald... I mean, if you're going to make a comparison, I'm not saying Pierce Morgan is the same person as Donald Trump, but to have a guy like Pierce Morgan be the guy in charge, I mean, it would make things pretty damn interesting, in my opinion. I I don't think it will happen. I Hopefully, our government will get their act together, because um, I now know that your uh biden i watched the inauguration with biden being sworn in and um um, and was very moved uh when your vice president was was sworn in as well um i thought that that was that was a wonderful thing to see it's Uh, all smoke and mirrors buddy i mean nothing's gonna change like i mean look biden's good for the country better in my opinion than trump but for the average american citizen like myself and the people that i know um the only the only thing the only people that it matters who the president is here in the United States is the rich and the elite and the powerful. Nothing's going to change for us. You know, everybody looks and and I don't want people to think that I'm running down America. I I mean, I think it's the most American thing that you could ever think of is to want better for the country. So so what I'm saying is yes, it's better but you know is anything ever going to really change no because we have the lobbyists here that are putting money in the pocket of the politicians so they really don't give a damn about us here either mm, i guess is why it's, it's much more happier for me to go inside my little fiction world and <laughs> <laughs> so tell people it tell, all out. so tell people so, tell people about the podcast i want people to check it out because Absolutely. I got to tell you, from talking to you, you are a very confident person. Um, you're you're very well spoken. It's all and, face value. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you put on a good show like myself. So Thank tell you. people about the podcast. So Purgatory is a drama podcast um, with a, a professional cast recorded from across the UK and no one's left their own homes. We've all done it using the internet. It's about what affects you as a teenager and how it shapes your adult identity. The storyline. Is it a play or is it a discussion? Is it's it, a drama. Is it, it's a play. It's a drama. It's a, okay. Because you know what I've learned about the Brits, because I would listen to all the Doctor Who audio things yeah. that they would do. They love doing audio plays and Ooh, stuff. Oh, I have like a recommendation so, for you. Okay, but let's hear about yours, yours first. Yeah, no worries. So the, the okay. storyline is, is um, two friends try to build their broken friendship by writing a script about their troubled school days. There are two narratives, one in the present and one in the past, and we go seamlessly between the two. And each episode covers a different aspect of present day life and teenage life as well. And then there's also this overarching 
um, story where um, the people who you think are good to begin with turn out to be bad. The people who are bad turn out to be good. Is there anything? Is is there anything from your personal life based in these characters? Loads, absolutely loads. Okay. Uh, so um, one of the characters is actually based on me. Um, I uh, called Peter, who uh, lets Dawson's Creek guide his everyday decisions because that's what I did as a teenager. Um, I just saw Bible. James Vander. I, I I just saw James Vanderbeek on um, an episode of Law and Order SVU. You were bringing up, bringing up Dawson's Creek. I was absolutely. Like, he was brilliant in Don't Trust the Bean Twenty Three. Oh, did I, you I ever? Started, did you ever watch um uh, da, 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 um uh rules of attraction i did with, i just, i saw that last week in my little research you know they're right you know that's related to uh american psycho you know yes yeah, right? brett easton ellis it's uh yes. it's book, wasn't it um oh. and it's, it's now been celebrated a lot more than when it came out it was absolutely trashed when it came out by critics and now well, you know christian bills like it you know, Christian Bale's character was Patrick Bateman. And yeah, his James brother, wasn't Vander, it? Yeah, James Vanderbeek's last name in that movie was Bateman as well. Absolutely. It was, it, 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 it's this sort of engrossing uh, film about alienation in college years and, and, and not feeling in touch with reality to the point that it becomes some form of psychosis. Like, um, uh and, and it really sort of resonated where um uh and i love the idea of becoming so so introspective that it becomes a delusion um that they they can't see outside their own fog um but well, yes and now france and uh, listen i i want to make sure i get all the plugs in because like i've been very multitasking today and my phone is about to die i want to make sure i get all your plugs on but Absolutely. i definitely want to have you back on the show so once again i think i have three percent battery power so <laughs> okay let's tell go people once again yeah tell people once again francis how they can check out yourself and i want to definitely have you on again because I, uh, my third most popular downloaded country for my podcast is the UK. So mm. I'm looking for that UK correspondent that can come on as a guest to talk about the UK because I want to build an audience there. Fair enough. Okay. So the show is available on iTunes. It's available on Spotify and other podcast directories. Um, I'll uh, send you all the social media links so you can put them into. Do they let you guys get on iHeartRadio in the UK? Yeah, I think it's on iHeartRadio. It's on Audible US somehow. I didn't click anything to make that happen, but now my, my show is on Audible US as well. So if you do have an Audible account, you can access Purgatory the Drama Podcast. It's on Audible US. Um, but the big two are obviously iTunes and, and, and Spotify, and uh, there are six episodes, and the seventh one, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks' time, will be a musical episode, which I have just finished writing today. Well, Francis, uh, if you need any voice actors, and oh. can do it over Zoom, if you, if you want an American voice, <laughs> you can make fun of my southern accent, you know, I, like, I, uh, I, I, and, I, and yeah, I'm down are. for that. Where we have, I had a friend who just wanted to be a shopkeeper in the in in the universe, not having an actual name or anything. He wanted to be a shopkeeper who was the ghostwriter of a Smash Mouth. That was his story. Um, and uh, <laughs> we've got uh, another actress coming in to play a new character who's going to be an American character because about thirty six percent of our listenership are American. So we've got an uh, American character uh, called Mandy who's coming in to join. 
the core cast, but everyone's done a really hard job. Everyone's done work for free. These are guys at IMDb pages. They are absolute pros. We do it because we love it. It's a fun thing we do in well, between takes and between paid well, jobs and check it out. Absolutely. Please do. Well, Francis, I enjoyed this interview and I'm serious. I, I want to, I want to have you on Just as let my, me know like, how does them. yeah, I want to, I want to have you as my UK correspondent, Francis. I enjoyed this man and I hope you're doing well and I hope you stay safe. Okay. My friend, you too, mate. take care. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com, Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?